Welcome to the Evolve Workplace Wellbeing Podcast. This podcast is part of a toolkit of free, evidence-informed workplace wellbeing resources provided by the Workplace Wellbeing Research Team based at the University of East Anglia in the UK. You can find the resources on www.evolveworkplacewellbeing.org. The contents of the toolkit draw upon cutting-edge multidisciplinary research on workplace well-being, including insider insights and case studies. We want to help you take evidence-informed action to help your business evolve and thrive. Every six weeks, a member of our team will introduce you to a new piece of research and to someone whose life experience puts a human face on that same research topic. Hi, I'm Dr Helen Fitzhugh and for this podcast I'm speaking to Matt Lowers from NatWest about his experience of putting research insight into practice. On the last podcast we spoke to Chief Inspector Steve Kerridge of Cambridge Constabulary about how we came to create a proactive checklist for managing remote workers. Um, In this podcast we'll be talking to Matt about how that checklist has gone out into the world and influenced practice I ran a couple of sessions on workplace wellbeing for Matt's team during the Propel Hub project, which you can find out more about at propelhub.org. And he's here to say how interacting with Research Insight has moved his thinking forward. Matt, hello. Thank you for joining us. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, Helen. Yes, uh, really, really, really pleased to do that. Uh, so, yeah, as you said, my name is Matt Blowers. I've uh, worked in financial services for over 20 years, or a bit more than that. Um, I currently work at NatWest, uh, and that's part of a big banking group, which also includes Royal Bank of Scotland, Ulster Bank in Ireland. Uh, and I've been lucky enough over those 20 years to move around lots of different parts of the bank. Um, and it feels like I've had several careers under one employer. Um, I currently... Uh, run or work within the customer insight team from NatWest. And that's all about listening, learning and acting on customer feedback uh, from their experiences with the bank. And that might be particular interactions, journeys they've been through or relationships they have with members of staff. Great. Thank you. And we first met during this Propel Hub time when I was giving lots of workshops on uh, employee well-being and how to improve it. Also, we were talking about a a proactive checklist for managing remote workers, and that formed some of the work we did with you. So I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about your experience of those workshops that we did. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, the thing that really attracted me to the remote worker checklist when I first came across it, and I first saw you speak at one of the Norwich Financial Industry Group hybrid workshops Mm -hmm. and the thing that really attracted me to it is that we have a quite a big team and geographically very diverse so we work with people in well my direct reporting are spread over Edinburgh London Manchester me in Norwich and people you know and we also work with people all over the world And so when we began to think about, well, how do we adapt to the pandemic? How do we adapt to remote working? Initially, the focus is all on, right, well, how do we get people the right kit, the comfortable chairs, the the Chromebooks, the monitors, the headsets, so that they're safe and comfortable at work. But then as you get further and further into it, 
once the logistics are in place and people are safe and comfortable at work, begin to realise how the additional challenges that hybrid working brings with it over the longer term. And I think in particular, relationships with your colleagues and feeling connected with them is really, really important. And then even longer term than that, thinking about your career progression and how do you feel like your work is valued and you're getting visibility and and recognition for that and starting to see people move on through a hybrid work environment where the mechanisms for how you get on in in work are somewhat different to what you're used to. It's not about getting FaceTime with the boss anymore. There's a lot more to it than that. So Matt, how did you use the checklist in your organisation? We um, have a, a staff opinion survey, which runs twice a year in April and September. And as I heard you talk through the checklist for the first time, it really made me think, oh, you know, how do we make this work ourselves? And so from talking to you, I think one of the things that I've been most keen to do is to take the checklist and start to kind of expand our thinking a bit as a team in terms of what does well-being really mean? So we've tended to think about it in terms of logistics. So, you know, have you got the right infrastructure to work at home? Um, when we do a Zoom meeting in the office, are people remembering to sort of involve people, both physically and geographically in the location and in the Zoom call as well? And I think what the checklist does is it sort of takes that thinking to the next level. Um, and so we're then a... We, and so what we've done is kind of adapted it a bit for our purposes, just to include some more sort of bank-specific terminology and that sort of thing, um, and used it in quarterly reviews. And it sort of led to some really good, rich conversations with people. That's really great. So you've, you've um, taken the opportunity to adapt it a little bit. You've incorporated it into this kind of review process as you go along, which is something we actually recommend in our Evolve Workplace Wellbeing Guide as well, that you continually have that sense of reviewing, having rich conversations. So I'm really glad it's working like mm, that for yeah. you. So has it been useful? What what changes have come from it? Um, do, do you know, one of the conversations I always remember with you is around um, that, so we're encouraged to come into the office on a Wednesday as part of hybrid working. I remember talking to you about this whole concept of, you know, is, it, is it wasted Wednesday? Am I, am I turning up and not getting a whole lot of work done because I'm catching up with people and having sort of conversations around well-being? And um, I think as, as we went through that, and as it, you know, I said, I know I remember you saying to me, spending time, you know, spending time with people face to face in the office, there's research that shows that's an investment, not, not, you're not spending time, you're investing time. And that, you know, it makes things like having difficult conversations or getting favors with people, you know, a bit of give and take over the long run a lot, a lot easier. And so that sort of additional diversity of thinking has made, and I've been able to share that with the rest of the team and it, it really helps, you know. I think sometimes people feel, particularly over the pandemic, the whole bank was sort of run by people working at their kitchen tables and the transition back to hybrid working has been a bit, I think like most organisations, has been a little bit 
a friction around it occasionally, sometimes for some people as they get used to a new way of working. And I think being able to share that sort of thinking and research and say, actually, you know, there's, there's a lot of benefits to this if you just kind of put your mindset in the right place has really helped. So you're, you're thinking about how you use your time kind of wisely now after the pandemic, which bits need to be or can be remote and which bits you still need face-to-face. Yeah, I, th- I, th- I, think that's, I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, I think there's, it's also supplemented by some sort of centrally-driven wellbeing initiatives by the bank as well. So we're about to launch the Go23 Challenge, which is all about setting up small teams um, and competing challenges based on exercise. And I think most cases, things like this are just sort of you wear a Fitbit and you do a step count, but this takes it a lot further. So people can do things like cycling, golf, um, football, yoga, all sorts of different things that count towards it. So I think where you've got something like an organisation with NatWest, like the resources and the commitment to, to the well-being of staff, but you've also got that supplemented by local initiatives, mm-hmm. working with people like you and your team to sort of understand a bit more about the latest thinking. Bringing that all together can be really powerful. Um, and so I think it's really helped us keep staff turnover low um, and engagement really high, which... In a competitive environment, when it's you know, it can be sometimes be a challenge to get hold of and keep the right staff, is really really useful. Yeah, and you're not just saying that, are you? Because you've got proof in your quarterly survey that you've been keeping engagement high. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the graphs. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, is that something that you found useful, kind of having the data to hand to be able to tell people about what you're doing and why why you're doing it? So I've always been a great believer in what gets measured gets managed, right? And so the, the great thing around having a six-monthly staff opinion survey is you can see over time how people's opinions and perceptions change. Mm-hmm. And we have managed to keep our scores, thematic scores for things like well-being, um, and engagement strong over a prolonged period of time, despite some of the challenges, you know, that that people face and some of the tumultuous industry events that I talked about earlier on, which are, you know, which are kind of major for people. So has the checklist been useful to you in any other ways? It has. So one of the things we found through the staff opinion survey and through the conversations that we had around the checklist is that staff were beginning to feel that they were losing the the connection with with each other and so some of the work that we were then able to put in place was things like a um, larger meetings where we get the whole of the marketing team together and now predominantly done face to face so you get that opportunity for people to kind of build their networks and collaborate and talk openly and obviously there's a a cost and an opportunity cost that comes with that but I think it's it's all about investing in giving people time to sort of rebuild reinforce and reconnect with with each other and we also do smaller scale things like on a Friday afternoon there's the opportunity for the whole team to just down tools for half an hour and just have a virtual coffee and that that's 
surprisingly popular. I didn't know how that was going to go down, but I think people really appreciate the opportunity to just relax and talk about something else. And the one rule of Friday afternoon is you're not allowed to talk about work. Anything uh-huh. else is fine, but you can not not work. So in general, what do you find are the benefits of doing more for employee wellbeing, both having these kind of central initiatives at NatWest, but also these local initiatives you've been talking about? Yeah, I, th- I think from a, from a personal perspective, I've been leading and managing people for a very long time. And the thing that I really enjoy about my job the most is when you have those moments where you interact with someone and through that interaction, so be that a water cooler conversation, bit of coaching, performance review, whatever it might be, they then go on and do something that they didn't think they could do before. Mm-hmm. And they just push their comfort zone and push their their boundaries a little bit further. And for me, that's like, you know, the best part of my job, hands down, no question. So from a personal point of view, I think how well-being links to productivity and how productivity links to people achieving greater performance and therefore their own goals is absolutely brilliant. So I'm really, really pleased about that. But from an employment perspective point of view, my team has got a very narrow, specialised skill set in customer research. And it can be quite demanding and it can also be quite a narrow, there's quite a narrow pool of people that you're fishing in when you go out to recruit. It's critical to get it right in such a narrow and specialised team because recruiting people to replace those who leave through attrition and turnover is really, really challenging and it has been for a while. and high rates of absence. Again, the team is usually very busy and demand for what we do usually outstrips supply. So high rates of absence, again, can be really difficult for us to absorb. So I think from the kind of pure metric perspective, there's some real benefits from, from my point of view. Great, thank you. Around wellbeing, what are some of the challenges that employers like you face at the moment? I think specifically for us, um, financial well-being has been um, has been an area of concern for a while, and I think that's in two different ways. So, working in a customer research team, you do get a lot of exposure to some of the challenges that customers face around financial well-being, um, and things like, for example, increases in frauds and scams. Um, the difficulties that some customers face day to day and I think that can have an effect on people you know listening to customers talk about some of those challenges I think in in addition in addition to the challenges that customers face there's obviously the challenges that staff face themselves so there's a real there's a real you know there's been some real adjustments for them to make too so I think financial well-being has been like you know in particular recently has been a major consideration from those two different perspectives. So Matt, we've talked a little bit about the checklist for managing remote workers there and how it's been used in your organisation uh, and also about why you think it's important to look after employee wellbeing. Mm. But I wonder if there's a final message you'd like to give to those listening to the podcast about the importance of workplace wellbeing or using research? I think the big paradigm shift for me in this piece of work has been recognising that we don't have all the answers. Mm. 
there's a tendency, particularly in a large, well-established, successful organisation, to think that if you look internally, you can find the answers to all of your questions and challenges. And the reality is, you might be able to find some answers, but they might not necessarily be all the answers or the best answers. So it's well worth looking outside of your organisation to look for alternative perspectives, ways of thinking, research that's been delivered through methodologies you may never think of. I mean, the fact that you can come up with a checklist that works for the police and a bank, I think is sort of vaguely astounding, (laughs) slightly humbling, um, and extremely useful. So, yeah, I think that's probably the key things for me. Great. Thank you very much. Um, I just want to say a big thank you for joining us, Matt. Well, thank you very much for having me. Really enjoyed it. If anybody would like to find out more about the checklist we've discussed here, please visit www.evolveworkplacewellbeing.org and please join us in six weeks' time for another podcast on our ongoing exploration of workplace wellbeing research and lived experience. Thank you. This podcast was produced by the University of East Anglia with the support of UEA Broadcast House, Norwich Business School, Rand Europe and all the members of the Workplace Wellbeing Research Team. You can find out more about our team as a whole, our research and use our practical business-focused resources at www.evolveworkplacewellbeing.org. Thank you for listening.